We're here for Preston and Key this week on a little serious thing. We're talking about Stranger Things Season 4 coming right out. Oh yeah, we're running up that hill. We are running up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> I had Hon- to. Honestly, I forgot how good of a song that was. Like, I was unaware. And oh, so this is brand new to me. It's a bop. It's a certified it bop. Um, but yeah, I'm Mike, and this is Nick. And Hello. Hello. And Pat is out gallivanting this weekend. With, with young Daniel, if you remember him. Fans of the show will remember Danny. <laughs> what did we call him in his uh, memorial? Casual Dan? Casual oh, Dan. Okay. Casual Dan. <laughs> so that's where he's at. But uh, Nick and I are going to talk about over the course of three three episodes we're going to do of us. We're, we're going to do a whole, whole our whole series and Pat's just not going to know about it. <laughs> it's going to be get ready for six hours worth of content <laughs> breakdown and cinematic <laughs> analysis. What's up guys? Smash that like button. But Smash actually... that like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be getting into Stranger Things season four because I, I don't know about Mike. I don't know how you watch this, but I couldn't I couldn't turn off the television. I had to keep watching, and I watched all of it in a day. Same thing I did with season three, but this was, I think this is the best season they've put out so far. I think it's, like, by and far clearly the best season they've put out, and I think episode one, like, on its own, holds that level of, like, just being one of the better episodes of everything anyway for the season, but I watched it, like, two episodes in one sitting, and then pretty much the rest of it and then at the last episode, so kind of like over three sittings, but over the course of like you know two three days. Yeah, but it's, it yeah it's it's uh definitely uh an, a a captivating uh season. So uh, yeah, we're just gonna do kind of our thoughts uh, of uh, the first two episodes. Yeah. So uh, let's get right into this off. So we got episode um, one, Hellfire Club, and uh. We get to figure out where everybody's been. What, it's been three years since the last season came out or something like that? Oh, yeah, three years in real time. In reality, so. In reality, and uh, nine months in series time, and boy, have these kids grown. (laughs) They're all drinking that milk. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got uh, everybody. Even before that, we get the flashback to uh, Dr. Brenner, who I know, I think the last, I don't remember when it was the last time we saw him, but I definitely had a feeling that he'd be back, and uh, it's it's kind of nice to just kind of like set it up with uh, you know that flashback. It's like all right, it, they're not they're not showing us him just for this flashback. He's coming back in a big way, which I hate because I like I hate his character. Like, and I know you're meant I'm, to hate his character, yeah. so they do a really good job with that. But it's just like, yeah, I'm just like this guy can die. Like everybody dies, but this guy can't die. Yeah, but, but uh, so yeah, we see some traumatic event in the in the Hawkins lab where everyone dies except for Eleven. Every single person in this government facility is dead. Yeah, and then and Doctor Brenner and Eleven, and that's where we get yeah. this whole front of the "What did you do? What did you do?" The whole guilt yeah. and confusion that kind of the we theme see that carries through a theme for the rest of all of the the season, which is a cool approach for it, which we'll get yeah. into in a bit. Um, I think have have the other seasons had uh, like a strong. I mean, obviously there are like you know the th- like themes that run through it, but I, f- I feel like this season alone has been very strong. You know, like trying to take on one su- uh, subject, uh, grief, guilt, all that, all those types of things. It runs through every single episode. I think that's why it makes it so much more of a comprehensive feel than I think the other yeah. seasons. I'm sure they had some 
red like obviously there are red threads throughout the other things but like this one has an emotional red thread which i feel ties it way better than just yeah. like an action film or like you know because yeah. like, like season three was all about like you know it was that was what we're starting to get a little bit more horror-esque but it was more yeah. still actiony and now this one is fully playing off of like psychological emotional horror yeah which is just a cool way to i think elevate the series without making it go stale and also not making it you know just another like <laughs> trans just another transformers just did you know exactly that kind of thing yeah but uh so we get that flashback and then as you said we're reintroduced to the whole gang catching up with where everybody's at um and then so with the uh rem the the crew who's still remaining in hawkins we get introduced to their new high school squad of D, &D <laughs> players the hellfire club and I don't know about you, but I just, like, I love Eddie. I think he's great, like, great character. Uh, the rest of them, it was, I was kind of disappointed how the rest of the Hellfire Club, the new characters, they didn't really get expanded upon, but... Um, I think it's fine. I mean, like... You already have a huge cast. Yeah, so. you have, there's a, there's a big cast, and you can definitely tell that, I don't think it struggles, but there's, you know, like, there's work to balance all of the storylines going yeah. on, and it's like, when you're dealing with the that many you know interweaving parts i think it's fine they just added these other people but i think eddie sure. is such a good addition to the show and a good addition to everybody else because you have those characters like nancy um you know who are a little bit older and kind of playing that like role and you have him in there juxtaposing that still being like you know well he's like 20 something and he's still in high school because he keeps failing <laughs> and it's it's you know you get that kind of playful weirdness and everything, and he's just yeah, he's just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice to have a character who isn't like perfect. And I don't mean you know not all our main characters aren't perfect, but I mean they they pretty much you know they're always doing the right thing, and they may stumble sometimes and make the wrong decision, but for the most part they're very altruistic. Whereas Eddie, you know, and I mean like uh, you're you're given somebody who is, you know, like he thinks he's hot shit. And then you show they show off his uh, kind of more conflicted and um, maybe uh, self-deprecating side, and you know, like like you said, he's failed. And so it's it's cool to see somebody who uh, has more of a conflicted self-conflicted confliction, and you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I think I think too um, with him, um, like later on. We'll talk about it in like uh, you know later yeah. episodes and everything. Where, but he's basically like he's like like no y'all are brave. He's like when when stuff happened, he's like I turn and ran. Like he's very self aware of everything, yeah. um, even with his flaws and that. So it's not like you have that like you know the classic like I'm gonna overcome my this and that and like you know exactly. It's 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 a better approach rather than just like a stereotypical like simple hero character development. Exactly. Um, so then we jump to. Uh... California, the other half of the crew is in California. California dreaming. Yeah, the, the, whole, yeah. The, the whole first episode, basically, like for most of it, is just obviously catching everybody up and introducing a couple new people. Um, L gives the overview of basically everything that's happened, everything that's been changing, whatever, through a little voiceover. Yeah, all right, through a letter to Mike. Yeah, and you is know, it, are like, we showed at this point? She's she's kind of like. Uh, reimagining the truth in her letters to Mike, right? She's kind of, you know, making it all, you know, sunshine and rainbows when it really hasn't all been that great for her. I think so. I think this is where she's like, everything is good. Everything's great. Like, I can't wait for you to be here. And it's, 
Yeah, you know, so we, we're starting to see, you know, this the seeds of some conflict going on between uh, L and Mike, and how L is trying to, you know, just lie. <laughs> I do like though, like I think it's actually funny, and they bring it up a couple times, like throughout everything, where it's like you know, like oh, we've fought monsters, we've saved the world, we've done all of this, and it's just like. I really like the humanizing, like, but yeah, she's a kid and she's struggling with school and bullies and like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like she's literally killed people and like yeah. done crazy other things. She's but, gone to alternate dimensions. But high school is you know, the, the hardest thing that she's trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's interesting because you get the you you get the setup where Elle doesn't have her powers in this, and you know it. She's just being continually made like weaker and weaker, you know, per se. Um, yeah. through being bullied, through all of this. So it's just like you're getting a lot of that, again, that insecurity with her that you're seeing coming through with the rest of the cast. Right. Yeah, and I uh, I don't know if there was any... When she was uh, going to school in Hawkins, I don't I don't remember if there was any instances of bullying, but uh, it definitely, like, it, it's showing off her inability to... Or her lack of certain social skills, um, you know what I mean? She like outside of her core group, she's not great at relating to other people around her, and I, you know, like that makes her an easy target to bullies. So, I mean, you know, she was a a wolf child essentially, yeah. you know, for however long, and then yeah, raised she in the wild, still had to learn how to like speak and write and everything basically again. Yeah, um, but I think it's kind of like just as a setup. I think it's like a really really strong episode um mm -hmm. for like building all like getting everybody it felt like one of those things where it just reintroduced every character and it was a very like nostalgic fun thing to bring everybody back it it didn't like you know instantly outside of the flashback like it was a feel good episode up until yeah. it wasn't basically well i mean uh, one thing uh, we we haven't even touched on uh that it's we get to see lucas who's now got a little bit of popularity in school and he was rolling with a different crew and, you know, trying to jock. remake himself in high school, mm -hmm. which is interesting because the rest of the crew just wants to keep doing what they're doing. Right. And like self-proclaim themselves as, you know, like nerds and geeks and everything. And they're fine with yeah. that and they don't want to be popular. So you get kind of like you just get like the very human and like logical, you know, it's not like it feels like these kids are actually going to school. And it's not yeah. like just being portrayed in like a TV show or something like actual human issues is what they're facing. Yeah. And again, I think that they did a really good job setting it up because that is like the whole theme of the season, basically. Also, to I, I, like going back to what you were saying before, I think they did a really good job of balancing all the characters and what I would relate it to. I think I, I may have said this in a previous episode. Uh, it, it like the same thing with uh, Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, where it's like they had a really hard job of balancing all these characters and i think this episode did a great job of giving everybody just enough screen time to you know with, nobody was really ignored and nobody was really given a spotlight everybody got there you know their yeah. 10 minutes it was great too and i we didn't talk about max yet who obviously like you max. know for max everything that's going on like everything that happened with billy she comes from like you know a rough home life and everything with that so you know, she's just clearly distraught. We're seeing her going to a guidance counselor, um, having headaches. It's just like, you know, she's kind of distancing herself from the group. And she always had slightly, you know, been a little more standoffish. But it's like it's really playing up into this level. So yeah. you are immediately seeing the characters 
like I think she's a really good mirror for like everybody else seems happy everybody else seems like not that they've moved on with their life but it's like they went through like really traumatic shit so like she is the good mirror of that's like the grounding more pragmatic like you know <laughs> we can't just forget about what we did kind of you know she's the yeah tether with that constantly reminding us that these are people dealing with heavy shit yeah it's not just kids in high school exactly it's a fun parallel though because it's like like it's like mike and will and all of them just like don't give a shit it seems like about like anything they've done in their past they have that yeah like all, not well max complex. is also they've been dealing with it for a lot longer than max has so <laughs> they're, they're just jaded <laughs> like, they're, yeah they're they're like smoking cigarettes is like same shit different day i mean and they do that they basically talk about that like in episode two <laughs> when they go and they find eddie later on but yeah I yeah, that's true. They're yeah. like, <laughs> we've we've been around the block. Yeah, <laughs> this ain't our first rodeo, kid. But this ain't our first interdimensional monster. No, we got plenty of them. Um, um but uh, also uh, Joyce, or you know, we're reintroduced to Joyce, who receives a mysterious package from the motherland. <laughs> I, I do, I do love that she conveniently works from home. And yeah, like it's it's such a like, hey guys, we're trying to be relatable. We know you were in a pandemic. Like yep. we're gonna we're gonna tie this in, and she's selling. I wonder, do you think that was a thing? Uh, I when they were in the process of like pre production before this before COVID happened, or do you think it was like convenient, like a like a happy accident, or you're like, uh, and we're all working from home. Joyce is gonna be working from home. I think it's the latter because it yeah. serves no other purpose than to just give her something to do before she gets the package. Right. It's like in re like you could have just had her again working like at a hardware store or working yeah. you know like wherever, like it really doesn't matter. I think yeah. it was just like a nice little like <laughs> we see you kind of thing. Yeah. But um, do, yeah. Do we get anything else from Joyce other than we just get, we're shown what she's been up to and that she gets the package? Uh, there's really not a lot to say about what what's going on in, in Joyce's world, but nah, she seems she seems. Like at this point, she seems like she's accepted Hopper's death, mm -hmm. and that like you know she's continued with her life. I mean, she's raising another. She got an extra kid now. She got an extra kid. She's staying. They got a big ass house. Yeah, I mean, how do they afford that house? Listen, on a on a telephone encyclopedia <laughs> sales salesperson's salary. This was before like multi level marketing <laughs> exploded yeah. and got like everybody involved arrested it's like you could actually yeah. make money in it at this point but i don't know it's, it's a ridiculously big house i but. know I, I well also too i think um they're definitely subsidized by some government kind of thing because they talk about where it's like we relocated you oh you're right you know? you're right they were relocated by by a shadow government uh, right. agency <laughs> by the deep state <laughs> by the deep state a young hillary clinton bought them a house in california <laughs> You see um, Jeffrey Epstein like yeah. <laughs> mowing the lawn. Yeah, there's a picture of like him, him and Joyce like hugging. He's like there's pictures of him with everybody else. There's definitely Dr. one with Doctor Brenner. Yeah, they're definitely 100. They could be related. You know, they got a similar look going on. It's his cousin, just like you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he changed his name. Yeah, Deep State baby, Deep State, and they then can do uh, that kind of thing. They can do that, and then I think the the biggest obvious, you know craziest thing that happens in this episode is the very is end. that is oh 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 is is what what are you gonna say oh i was gonna say that uh nancy and will aren't gonna see each other over the summer 
Oh, right. <laughs> not not Will. Uh, John. John or what's Nancy it? and Jonathan are going to see each Jonathan, other. December, yeah. But and we no, I think you're probably right. loves marijuana. He he smokes some weed. Yeah, I I love that they he, did that, that with his character. It's just really stupid and funny. And yeah, I think a really that good was way... more of a that was more of a like a you know eighties sitcomy type of thing. Yeah, like yeah. L- you know less serious and more of a trope. But it was fun. And do we meet Argyle in this I, episode? I'm assuming. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because yeah, as Elle's reading the letter and she's like, "He's smoking some funny grass or like some kind of thing." <laughs> it's like he jumps out the window and he gets like Argyle in the yeah. So Argyle is uh, his his best stoner friend who works at the Pizza Planet. Yeah, that it, that is 100 percent just like straight up like you said. It's like look at this 80s sitcom character. Yeah, they're ridiculous. It's hysterical. It's also a good way but, to like give Jonathan like nothing to do, so they don't have to like, you know give his character yeah. more of a plot line. Yeah, yeah, they just kind of let him be a rebellious teen. Is he still in his teens at this point? I don't know. He looks like he's forty five. Yeah, well, I mean, he always has. He's kind of had those sunken eyes for you know from the very beginning. <laughs> he's the one but, that's uh, been holding all the weight of what's happened. <laughs> in yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it turns out this whole time Eleven's been redistributing everybody's trauma to Jonathan Byers. <laughs> That's why she can't use her powers. Yeah, yeah. It's a hundred percent mental focus on just making. It... <laughs> she's just... not even aware that she's doing it. It's like it's it's like breathing. It's just happening. <laughs> he's escaped into into drugs as a, as a way to deal yes, with it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He's he's using drugs to escape. Um, but it's uh. Like you said, the the ending, we get uh, uh, an interesting scene between, we haven't talked about Chrissy, who is a cheerleader at the high school, um, and is, is making a drug deal with Eddie, who is uh, uh, our, our, our fun-loving uh, D&D dealer. pot dealer, uh, or yeah, I guess he sells more than pot, uh, out in the woods, and they kind of have a nice touching moment before we get her ultimate demise yeah this is like christy's introduced in that episode and killed in that episode and she's she's the barb of this season she is absolutely the barb of this season and we start to see like this is where we start seeing kind of everything where it's kind of like you know she's definitely insecure she's got like you know like she definitely had like an eating disorder and body image issues and we're starting to see the supernatural elements of everything coming through with the clock with her in the bathroom scene it's like these all scared the shit out of me. And like, I know it's supposed to be, again, like we're just, you know, kind of reintroducing everybody. But when she's in the bathroom stall and you see the feet on, you know, like in the door shaking, I was like, this is straight up horror. This is, yeah, this is scary. And I think like Max is the one that's in the bathroom and asks if she's okay. Mm-hmm. And like now looking back at it, you can see that that's a like foreshadowing. Yeah. Which I think is super cool. But yeah, it's a great point. Like, you start to see some like little drips and drops of things that are like pure horror in this mm-hmm. episode. That's a big moment where you're like, oh, okay, we're committing to this. And then at the end of the episode, when she's trying to escape from her house in the in the upside down, like that is that is straight up a horror. Yeah. I mean, her dad's got what like his like mouth is sewn eyes, shut. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got Scary his mouth shit. sewn shut, everything. They're running around, the shots are crazy, the music's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Freddy Krueger vibe going on. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, they they do mention that, yeah. But like, it is very Freddy Kruegery. Like, well, I uh, well, I'll mention this again later on in the episode. But there's a direct, direct, direct reference to uh, 
Nightmare on Elm Street later on in the series. So they are, you know, 100% paying homage to yeah. it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, she we gets, see she we get, gets murked. We get her on screen death, and we get an on screen oh. death that I did not <laughs> anticipate being that graphic. Yeah. Kind of right out the bat, but her limbs being snapped in every different direction and her eyes imploded in the back of her head it's the jaw that bugs me like the yeah like the, whole, like the dislocation yeah crunch crack of the jaw <laughs> crunch crack crunch crack um and it's my favorite companion cereal It'll snap crackle pop <laughs> crunch crack of the jaw <laughs> crunch crack it's only sold in the south <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> so she dies and she dies in eddie's in eddie's trailer because yeah. eddie's giving her something yeah uh, he's giving her ketamine. Uh, special k yeah, yeah. <laughs> so trying which... to give her some horse tranquilizers <laughs> or some shit you know because she needs because she's so obviously distraught that she keeps seeing these visions and she's like i just want to check out she's pulling a jonathan so she's pulling a jo yeah she wants to get stoned also the clock the sound effect of the clock uh such such a good uh you know like i mean it's it's just a sound effect but i mean it's very effective Oh yeah, it's a really good. Yeah. It's it's like equivalent. It's like a, it's like got a heartbeat kind of sound, like you know, vibe about it. That's like yeah, just you know this pulse. It's like it's like the. It's almost like the Darth Vader breathing sound, where it shows that that the villain is right around the corner. You know, when you hear that clock sound, you're gonna die. Oh yeah, your time is coming. Your time is coming. Yeah. Uh, but and that's episode that's episode one. one. Um, so I mean, all in all, with that one, I think it's. Like I said, I think it's a crazy introduction to it. It like gives you the warmth of bringing everybody back, the feeling of like you're right back in it, and then it instantly is just kind of like we're gonna get, we're gonna get rolling, yeah. and we're gonna start I, telling you the problem. So uh, a parallel to this. So I, I've been watching on and off. I've been watching Shameless. I know I'm late to the party, uh, but uh, one thing that I, the pattern that I've recognized is that every season. You know, you start off maybe not season one, but in the in the following seasons, you start off episode one. It's always like things are looking up for for the you know the whole everybody's doing good, everybody's and then about out episode four or five, everything starts going to shit, and then the season finale is the big kick in the balls episode where everything you know it's like they're at their lowest point, right. only for the next season to roll around. And everybody's at another, you know, it's like the summertime and everybody's doing good. And it does uh, always whereas, end like summertimey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's like, you know, at this high point now. Whereas this, it's like they give you a, a little taste of everybody's feeling good and then throw you right back into we're in the thick of it. Into the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so here we into are. the thick of it, yeah, we're, we'll move into. Episode, episode two, because we got we got off with a running start with episode one, really really strong episode. So uh, episode two, we're now told for you know not that we we have known for a couple of years at this point for sure, but now we know we're seeing we're seeing with our own eyes that Hopper's still alive. Right, that he in a you know massive explosion of some you know weird thing of lightning and something decided to just you know. Dark Souls dodge roll out of the way and be completely immune to all the damage. I was kind of, uh, I don't want to say disappointed, but my, what I had thought happened in that moment, like the explosion's happening and he jumps. I thought he jumped through the portal into the upside down. Mm. And I thought that his resurrection was going to be 
the Russians found him through their their portal in Russia, and you know, like they that would grabbed be way him. better. <laughs> rather than him just being a few feet below where the explosion happened, and he just he was kind of hurt, but he was okay. Right, because Joyce and Murray in like the end of that season, like don't go and necessarily go in and look for him. Yeah, they just stand there and. They're like, he's like, where, where's Hopper? Where's Hopper? And I, I guess they were just like, well, you know, I saw that room blow up. Like, I saw the explosion. He's definitely dead. I would have liked that, actually, if it was like he got through the portal, you know. And he, did, he had to kind of like fight his way through a little bit. And then he was kind of captured by Russian operatives in the Upside Down. Or, or like just got like thrown out of the Russian portal or some shit like that. Yeah. Or, you know, like. Well, I'm not sure how, you know, like. Yeah the geography of the of the upside down works i mean if it's an exact inversion of our world be quite a a trip from you know in what are they in indiana to siberia (laughs) it's like you know shit can do whatever they want in that world yeah that's yeah they really can make up their own rule maybe there's portals within the upside down to you know to hop to fast travel yeah exactly but uh, fast travel in the underground. It's like the Nether. You know, exactly. It's like one, one foot in here is ten feet here. That would be cool. That would be cool, but but uh, so now Hopper's in a fucking gulag in Siberia, <laughs> in Kamchata or whatever it's called, or kombucha. Yeah, yeah. Kom- <laughs> yeah. He's forced uh, to make kombucha in the uh, he's Siberian like, yeah, wilderness. Like kombucha plantation in Siberia. <laughs> Oh, um, boy. But he's had his head shaved, and he looks pretty good with a shaved head, I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I, I like, was. He's definitely like thinner and more kind of like. More he's, like he's in his Hellboy shape. He is in his Hellboy shape. You're hundred percent right. They had to. That's that's the only reason they put him in prison was to explain his weight loss. <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, he's eating soup and bread and yeah, <laughs> working on a goddamn railroad. All the live long day. All the live long day. But, but we see uh, we see he's uh he's trapped and Joyce gets that weird doll. Which I don't like I don't know how that fully happens. Well, I mean uh, that that to me is splitting hairs where it's like, okay, he made some deal with Enzo, the the security guard and the and Enzo sent the package. Probably Hopper told him what message to put in there. I yeah. don't think it was from the prison grounds. I think Enzo probably went home and did his shit there. But but it was made um, from like chopped up newspaper like thing, right? Yeah. Which I thought I like think, I, I thought he I was think it's just be more in... of a security measure, you know. So if yeah. it got intercepted by you know the KGB or something, it's not his handwriting. Right. But uh, but yeah. oh, the the reintroduction of Murray when they're when they're smashing the doll. Which I thought I was like, why did you need a whole like pulley system no, to do I, it? I, I instantly I was like, oh, she's worried about a bomb. <laughs> it's like he knew he thinks it's Fair gonna enough. blow up. But I almost thought like Hopper was gonna be in like <laughs> making like Russian toys in a factory, and he like that snuck would be that cool. in the doll. And I yeah. was like, they just have him doing like. He's working at Santa's toys. factory. <laughs> yeah, literally. In but, Siberia. Well, that's where it is, you know. Yeah, Saint so. uh, Saint Nikolaus. Nikolaus. So um, we, we, we learn about Enzo and we learn that, you know, basically if they pay him $40,000, then which, we can... How much is that in, in, you know, inflationary? I have an inflation calculator on my phone. <laughs> Do you use so it frequently? <laughs> I use it for when I get into arguments about with my dad about, like, you know, the economy. And I'm like, well, here's what an education in 1980 cost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so what forty thousand dollars. What when is there? When is that? Nineteen eighty six. It's eighty six. Yeah, that's over a hundred thousand dollars. Where the fuck is Joyce getting a hundred thousand dollars? She from? said she had it from like, it might be from Hopper's pension or like his like like life insurance or something like that. I think they say something to that effect. Okay. Um, which now is fraud because he's not yeah. dead. But I just also add it, loved, to, add it to the list. I love that they had no problem going to the bank, taking out what is the equivalent of $100,000, putting it in a duffel bag, getting on a plane with it. And then when she's on the plane, like it comes unzipped a bit and she's like, oh shit. And she has to like. Free 9-11, Free 9-11 is, you know. <laughs> There's no rules back then. I also like that they were like smoking on the plane and everything. Yes. It was a nice little. I, they made a point of that. Oh yeah, good. But yeah, that's what I, I recently saw a snippet of an interview with Millie Bobby Brown where they were talking about how how much the uh, production team, how much care they put into making everything period accurate, uh, and like all the costumes and everything are actual articles of clothing from the eighties. It's oh, like not, not like reproduction. Creation? No, oh. and like the the mall one one note that I saw from the previous season was the mall. Now, if you go to the Gap, it's just Gap. Yeah. And in '86, it was called the Gap, so it's like all period, all the stores were period appropriate and, shit. and they had classic Coke. I remember that. Yeah. I saw that as like one of the things. Yeah. So yeah, the the reason I bring that up is because the airplane, you know, the details on the airplane, I'm sure, are the hell. I think the helicopter that they use is a period. Uh, you know, it's like a period helicopter. So they had not only had to find, uh, uh and one that exists, but one that still operates. I'm pretty sure, like, <laughs> that, like, that, I would be terrified to fly. That. Yeah, that'd be like, scary. It's literally that's at what... this point, you know, 40 years old. Yeah. And you're trusting that to, to work, but. But, uh, oh, well, what I was going to say was, uh, uh, Murray's reintroduction where they're on the phone and Joyce is doing the thing and he's like getting in the bathtub. Like, and... He's nuts, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love how he's like taking karate lessons and shit. He's like, I'm a black belt now. It's so good. Brett, Brett, Brett Gellman is just amazing in the weirdo role. It, it's it's hysterical because in every show that he's in and everything he's in, he plays this exact role, like the the neurotic, like overconfident Jew, pretty much. <laughs> like, well, that's you know that's what he does, and it's it's um like. Have you seen the lemon? Uh, I did. I watched that with my parents, actually. Oh, that. Why would you ever do that? Because I, when I was home one time, I was like, oh, I was like, Brett Gellman. I was like, this is going to be funny. And it's like <laughs> the most painfully awkward. And I was like, I'm loving I... it because I love Brett Gellman and I know what the hell he's doing. And my parents were like, this is such a bad movie. <laughs> oh, oh it's just called Lemon. Up. Lemon. Yeah. And uh, my. Oh, yeah. Also starring Michael Sarah. And Judy Greer. Oh, yeah. I definitely recommend watching it if if you want to feel intense, uh, secondhand, awkward anxiety for anyone. Oh, it's it's like you might need to pause it and like step outside, step away, have a, have a cigarette, and come back. Like, <laughs> oh, but. I think I think right off the bat, like in the first one of the first scenes, he what he like he's a grown man who wets the bed. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Anyway, we're, we we do digress. We do digress. Uh, so uh, now uh, Mike is visiting uh, the uh, the buyers is out in California. Yeah, he, and he, uh, boy is he lanky. Uh, he is lanky, and I love that. Like, <laughs> Argyle sees his shirt, and he's like, 
like he's like oh is that like a an ocean pacific and he's like what the fuck are you talking about and he's like nah it's a shitty knockoff man it's just like <laughs> it's such a it's such a further like encapsulation of that character and of that personality of that like individual yep. it's like they they write these characters super stereotypically when they're ancillary characters like that and it's hysterical like it works yeah. like i don't need them to be more than what they are at that point like they are just a fun plot device I think uh, uh, Murray is like the perfect in between of the ancillary character who's a trope and somebody who's important and has depth. He's like the perfect count, you know, like right down the dead center of those two poles. Oh yeah, um, and I, th- I think but, his the like his balance with Joyce of yeah. both of them being like highly neurotic people. <laughs> But her being like much more timid and him being much more like braggadocious than. But him also, or Joyce being like logical and him be like him trying the craziest shit and it working every time. Yeah, like it's they're they're a great pair. Like they, they play off each other so so well, and it genuinely looks like because I mean Brett Gelman comes from comedy and like mm-hmm. like you know improv and everything like that. And I don't I doubt that they did like a lot of improv. Some of his lines feel a little improv-y or like that he contributed to the writing of them in the scene or something like that um but my like, fingers are spears yeah shit like my that hand, like, <laughs> it's like you know that he was just like okay brett talk and then he just yeah. started going off but her reaction to him is always such like a confused like what the fuck is going on but also like i'm trying not to like i'm a, I'll, I'll give you the runway <laughs> like we'll see if yeah. it works and it, like you said it usually does it usually does somehow but uh so back in California, well, I guess we were in California. In California, uh, I wanted to call her Millie Bobby Brown, but uh, Eleven, Eleven, aka Jane, is uh, showing uh, Mike all around her new town and telling him how great thing and... all her friends making up. Her bullies are now her friends, and uh, Will is just uh, sitting there pissed off about the whole yeah, thing with what? his with his stupid ass bowl cut. <laughs> That's why you're not saying shit. He knows better. <laughs> Yeah, he knows. Be like you and that haircut, just shut him down. They really need to give him a more grown-up haircut. I I know that they're. I I completely agree. I know they're doing it for the sense of like consistency with the character, but you don't have to. Like yeah, we. I mean, if, I like everybody else. How come Lucas gets a cool new haircut, but but Will still looks like a fucking doofus? because <laughs> lucas is a cool kid now that's that's true he gets the cool that's kid haircut he's got a cool but also uh mike mike has grown his hair out he's got a new hairdo i mean it's the same style but i mean it's much longer and yeah yeah you know but yeah so anyway uh they just hate him <laughs> 11 gets gets uh they go to the roller rink and uh, Eleven gets mercilessly bullied in the fashion of Carrie, where she's brought out in the middle of the roller rink and has a like a milkshake dumped on her. Yeah. To what's out. what song? What song? Wipe oh, out, yeah, yeah, wipe out playing in the background with just like a DJ who's like, I'm gonna let this happen and I'm gonna be an asshole. He was. I don't even think he was the DJ. He just he was started playing. It was some kid who was playing music. <laughs> It's just like again, like where are any adults in any situation? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're on their way to Alaska. They're on their way to Alaska, and then the dads are at work, and the everybody else is just at home taking quaaludes. Yeah, that's what the eighties were. Maybe what no a time. rules back then. <laughs> no but rules. uh, so uh, Will tells Mike, "Yeah, Eleven's lying to you. She's sugarcoating the truth." And uh, Eleven 
wants to use her powers but can't, so she smacks her bully in the head with her roller skate. Yeah, I mean, well, I think she was gonna like eviscerate her if she had her powers. Like she was, gonna, she would have. Like, you know, she was gonna. What happened to you know? In the uh, <laughs> all the other kids yeah. in the flashback, yeah, she's just gonna like <laughs> mercilessly kill them all. But you know, you get the whole awkward. She's just standing there with her hand, and they're like, "What is this bitch doing?" Um, so she makes do, like you said. She just picks up her roller blades, roller skate, and this cracks Angela in the face with it, and gives her a concussion, and concusses her, and then just goes home. Uh, yeah, I loved that. Like she the takes police the come off. later on, but they're all just kind of like, "All right, well, you know, we're just gonna head out. Like, if this is a problem, we'll." Talk to you later. Yeah, which I mean, I you know, if like let's say for instance that you were to smack somebody in the head with the skate, I'd be like, we're going, we're leaving, we're getting the fuck out of here. Right, like instantly, it's like you know, you are <laughs> hide your face, throw your, yeah. throw your phone off, like let's get out of here. <laughs> we were never here. Exactly. We were at the bowling alley, Mike, not the roller rink. Oh yeah, I smacked uh, her with a bowling ball, not the roller. Rink. <laughs> no, no, Mike, you didn't <laughs> oh, smack oh, my anybody. Bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so back in Hawkins, uh, the town folk have found Chrissy's mangled body in Eddie's trailer. And it's all his fault. Yeah. I mean, Eddie does live with his uncle. How come they weren't, like, trying to hunt down Eddie's uncle? I think because his uncle was there and... Oh, he reported the body, he, didn't he? He found it. But also, yeah. like, isn't it, like, you know... 80% of the time, it's, like, someone you know or someone who, like, reported the killing, like, did yeah. the killing. So, I mean, they just do that. But Max sees Eddie run away because she lives across the street from him yeah, in the, the night, middle of the night. the night before. And she's, you see what happens. So she's, like, woken from the nightmare when that happens. And then she sees it happen, which, again, is continually doing the, like, you know, foreshadowing of what's going to go on with her. Yeah. Um. And... This is where we get uh, Stephen Robin first back introduced, right? Yeah, right. Or like, if they might have been before, it was very tangential. Like, this is their actual like proper conversations and like they're working at the video again. store. Yeah, so their their friendship is fucking awesome. I love their chemistry. They're great together. Yeah, I Robin's a great ad. She was last season, right? Is when she yeah. Was, yeah. She's fantastic. I love that. Like. There's no romantic element or anything between them, and which is obviously you know platonic with a capital P. They say like so many times, and it's like yeah. it works so well. You don't need to have everybody who's a male or a female or like you know two individuals don't need to always have you know some bullshit romantic trope yeah. between them. Yeah, but I mean like they're they're comedy timing together. Like they really have like a great synchronicity, but uh. So we we see them at the movie at the at the, the oh, I also loved when they're at the store it's like seeing all the posters for what's popular you know you got like the cardboard cutout of yeah. Eddie Murphy and like Beverly Hills Cop uh I'm sure there's some like Schwarzenegger posters and stuff so all I'm sure VHS all that's period, period like, accurate Oh good Um oh, did good. we I mean I don't know if I want to take a step backwards but we didn't even uh we didn't even touch on the uh, D and D uh, session in the last episode. Oh right, right. So, so uh, Lucas is playing the like on the uh, like the championship game on the basketball team, and um, the uh, the uh, Hellfire Club recruit his little sister Erica to play D and D in his stead, and. Uh, 
because he's trying to yeah. be cool and he's trying to do he's all that. So uh, the the rest of the crew play the game, play the the session without him, and uh, they take on uh, Vecna. So would that be in this episode, or was this in episode one? That's episode one because it's like yeah, I think everything happens with that because yeah. Chrissy cheers at the game, and then after cheering right. at the game, she goes to buy all the drugs and everything. So yeah, that's where we see Lucas kind of becomes the hero to the basketball team. Because he makes the winning, the winning uh, basket, uh, yeah. basket. Though he makes the winning touchdown at the at the basketball game. Uh, <laughs> the shootout. And so now he's the, so now he's the hero uh, of the basketball team, and we meet Jason, who is like your classic '80s bully, you know, or you know, uh, yeah, villain, you're, you're real Aryan looking, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Christian if he villain. were born a few decades earlier, he would definitely be uh, wearing a uniform. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so now he, uh, now that Chrissy's body has been found, uh, it, and uh, we think it's you know the your number one suspect is Eddie, who's now gone missing. Uh, Jason, Chrissy's boyfriend, blames it on satanic D and D players. Uh, yeah, which for, is for... which is alluded to in like the first episode. Yeah, because you see, yeah, there's like, like D news broadcast about you know, yeah. and it's just cl- like literally the classic like you know satanic panic. Yeah, that way I really enjoyed the commentary about the satanic panic, especially, uh, you know, in this like heightened era, uh, you know, that we're in right now. It almost feels like a commentary on, on you know, like these. I don't want to say the witch hunt because that was overused, but I, you know what I mean? It's where it's like people othering, you know, like, uh, you know, using anything to other another group. Right. So uh, that was cool. <laughs> Shit doesn't change. It's just, you know, 40 years Wait. later. <laughs> And here we are again. We're right back at it, but but then uh, so, so is, Nancy, yeah, we, we we or this is where we get Jason kind of like, yeah. You you see that he in the first episode is a, you know, a great speaker can rile people up, like you know, like you get you you, you know, yeah, real real blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, like all yeah, that. Yeah. But so you start to see that he becomes kind of like that typical character in most of these things where it's like. Leading the charge, leading the charge, but also like you know, um, deep, deeply entrenched in his morals and what he thinks is right and what is like the the classic way. You yeah. have him playing a lot of that character. Mm-hmm. Real Which, uh, shitbag. Real shitbag, and uh, they do a great job with it because I, I like it's very frustrating to watch him and very frustrating to listen to how he's talking about, like you said, with everything as a parallel currently that well also watching the people around him react to him and get kind of like uh swept up in his his rhetoric fervor yeah like yeah yeah it's a little bit stressful it's yeah. great social in, a, commentary. in a good yeah yeah it's great great, but, great social commentary and it's sad to see you know you start to see lucas kind of weighing what's more important sticking with my friends or you know falling in with this crowd Right, because you you get the the, you know, do I want to be somebody outside of this, outside of you know, the the evolution of who you are as a teenager and changing is yeah, it's all like like we said in the last you know talking about the last episode, it's it's very human in a realistic way mm-hmm. with very supernatural crazy things like the balance of that really makes it like palatable almost yeah. Yeah, you got to inject your high uh, concept sci-fi with a little dose of reality. Yeah. But uh so as, you know, we have uh a lot of the town start to blame D&D and 
Eddie, uh, Nancy, and her, who's a, an editor at the newspaper. Yeah, he's just like a little Fred, little nerdy little boy. He should be getting bullied boy. more. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Nancy and Fred go to investigate, and they're kind of kind of scouting out. Uh, you know, while major outlets are reporting, they're trying to pick up any of the scraps around the trailer park. And Nancy winds up talking with Eddie's uncle. And he gives some backstory into Victor Creel, who was uh, allegedly a murderer back in the 50s. 50s, I think it was. Yeah, post-war too. Similar types of uh, murders back in the day. and About body disfiguration and breakings yeah. and everything. I also really love that like Nancy is literally Nancy Drew. And they're just like, they yeah. decided to just flat out be like, this is what we're doing. Like, we're not, yeah. you know, making her anything different than that. Um. But uh, while while that's happening, Fred is now seeing. Well, he when they first arrived on the scene, he started seeing some visions similar to what Chrissy was seeing, and then he just wanders out into the woods and gets himself murdered. Yeah, he he. It's it's the same thing. It's like we're when we're introduced to this character starting to have visions, they die in the same episode. Yeah. Um. But we learn later on that they've been seeing the visions, uh, you know, like progressively more and more for about, I think they the, roughly five to six days is the timeline. Yeah, I think it's like five days where they have the headaches or something like that. And then like the not being able to sleep and anxiety. And then I think it was within, I think Max is later on, it's like within 24 hours after seeing him, they died. Yeah. So it's like a super quick turnaround. Do we, have we even seen Vecna in in his full form yet, or yeah, is we he see, still kind of like in the very first episode? Because he, well, I, we only see him from behind, behind, or do we see his face, his ugly, his ugly I think, mug? I think we see his mug, but I think it's cool to finally have an intelligent uh, kind of. Uh, uh, a villain with an agenda rather than just something that's just an evil force. This is somebody who who's doing something for a reason and people are being picked off purposefully. Yeah, and I, I think how they said it, they say it later where, where it was like if the Demogorgon was a soldier, it's like Vecna is a general. Yeah. So you have that strategy, you have that intent, you have that... Like, I mean, because he, like he looks like a dude from, like, Attack on Titan, where it's just, like, they're stripped, and it's just, like, a muscle suit, basically. Yeah. Um, And all of the, like, I want you to join me, and, you know, you deserve this, and you did that, and... He's... The voice is scary. It is. It's... And I think the part, you know, obviously we're not yet there yet, but when he gets to, uh, you know, like, he's in Max's head, which just the, Max. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> fucking frightening and she's running all around and you know he's like you running can't up that escape. hill <laughs> running up that hill he's like you can't escape me max and you know but uh yeah that's uh the first two episodes first two episodes season I, four it's you know i really it's just it's this this one like receipt where episode one came out like hard hitting i think this one maintained the momentum really well and like, cause you get it, you get a second death in like, you know, in, in two, yep. one episode dead, two episodes, two dead. It's not that kind of thing where it's like, you know, like big thing. And then it's like, I feel yeah. a lot of TV shows will be like, all right, now let's rewind. And we're going to talk about some things getting to there. Some things doing this some with that. So it like instantly, you know, pulls the plug on the tension. Yeah. But this whole season and the more we'll talk about it in the more episodes, I think just does a great job. It also opens up a lot. This one opens up a lot new, uh, a lot of plot threads, 
I mean, they only have seven episodes, you know, because they split it up into it's like 10 know. hours worth of content. Like. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like they, they've opened up a lot of plot threads in this one to to to. I mean, we have what's going on with the Hawkins crew. What's going on with the California crew? What are Joyce and Murray doing? What you know, like uh, Nancy, you know, what uh, what about uh, Jonathan and um, Maya Hawk? Uh, like, uh, you know, like there's there's so many different things going on. What you know, what's Hopper doing? So, and you've given a lot uh, of the yeah, you you kicked off the characters' storylines, and you've given them things to do. Yeah, everybody's being very proactive. Everybody's doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, they're doing good. We love it. We love but anyway, it. but that's episode one and two. Uh, episode one and two, and we'll be back for three, four, five. Yeah, so uh, check out the channel, like, comment, like subscribe. and subscribe. You know, we gotta say it. We gotta say it. Paddle yell, can't do it. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> he yells at us. He yells at us. <laughs> this is our. This is us sending the Russian Please. doll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help us. All right, y'all. What do you think? What do you think happened to Danny? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with the next three episodes, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.